Joining us on our program today, we have uh, Grady County's two state representatives that are in the House of Representatives. We have Dick Lowe from Amber. And Dick, thanks for coming in today. We always are glad to have you on the show. Well, it's so great to be back. Uh, I know it's been a few months since we've been in, but yeah. thank you for having us back. We'd love to uh, discuss what we've been doing and uh, let the listeners know what, we, what we've really been working on. And we have Brad Bowles from Marlowe. So, Brad, always good to have you guys. Uh, you're a great, a great team to come in and uh, bounce off each other about some of the projects you guys have working on well thank you george it's always a pleasure being here and also i'll you know working with representative Lowe here from grady county we always work quite a bit together we have a lot of similar constituents in grady county so um whatever's good for his district is usually good for my district so here we are at the end of january already for 2024 and the legislative session about ready to get started and that's why we have you here we want to talk about some things you've been working on over the last few months and uh some uh, some things that uh you know, maybe coming up uh, here in the next uh, three or four months that uh, you'll be uh, cussing and discussing up there at the state yeah, capitol. Yeah, hopefully more discussing than cussing, yes. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. It's still too early to tell. That's no, true. But up, so uh, this this week, uh, actually yesterday, was the bill filing deadline, and so yesterday at noon is your deadline to submit your bills, or if you don't, the bills are dead at that point. And so I think there's a little over 1,200 bills that the House filed yesterday or this week. And so we'll have a lot of legislation to go through. One thing I want to tell the listeners on here that you'll see a lot of headlines on different bills that are filed, but keep in mind around 5% of the bills that are filed actually become law. And so, and usually the headline bills, we call them, it's the only time they get any, uh, any sort of traction have, is a press have, release. We have seen some interesting ones this past we week. We sure for have. Sure. The, the furry bill. <laughs> that's uh, right. For one thing, if folks might be familiar with that, and that's just one right. uh, so, of many. So. so I just want to let people know, when you see a headline or a press release about a bill that was filed, it doesn't mean it goes into law. It just means that it's filed. Right, right. There's still a lot of hurdles to get through between filing a bill and getting mm -hmm. it signed. It, yeah, several times you'll see that people and people stop me on the street or wherever it is and say, "Hey, I see the legislature's looking at." And I said, right. "No, a legislature <laughs> one, is looking one, at." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, uh, I saw a statement yesterday that said, "You know, any representative can file any bill, and no one has control over it." whether he files it or not, whether it's heard or not, that's a whole different game. Mm -hmm. and, and so we'll, we'll see a lot of these things that are out there in the news that uh, don't get too excited about. Wait wait till we get, get there and start going. And then, and then if we see something in there, uh, Representative Bowles and I'll be the first yeah, one to tell you if something's crazy March going or on. April is the, the really as, as you get closer to uh, to the end of the session. But, yeah, 1,200 bills in the House this year, down from 1,900 last year. That's correct. But I will say, so a lot of those 1,900 bills that didn't make it through last year, a lot of them are still alive this year. And so you have to funnel through the old bills from the year ago plus the 1,200 new bills that were filed this year. And so there's still a lot of stuff out there, but that's the whole point of the process is – Bills get assigned to committees. Committee chairs can hear them, uh, or they don't have to hear the bills. The committee has to, to vote on it. And, you know, over half the bills don't make it through that first committee process. Once they pass committee, it goes to the floor of the House. The floor leader doesn't have to hear the bill, but if they do, it's got to pass the House. And then you start the whole process over in the Senate. And then if you make it through all of those processes, then the governor can but, veto it. And it goes to conference and back <laughs> right. and forth and uh, right. just a lot of debate going. So I, I just wonder if you guys, I, I don't know, you you in particular, and you know, I, I'm sure it's common among many legislators, but you both have full-time jobs in addition to what's supposed to be a part-time job uh, at the state, uh, state capitol. So uh, 
Dick, how do you kind of manage your time uh, with all that? Well, you know, I, I don't work full time at eight to five, but we do raise livestock. And uh, I think most of our listeners know my wife, Miss Judy. And she appreciates me being there to help out with that every once in yeah, a while. But you're She's, up at two or three in the morning when you're lambing and stuff. You know, yeah. So it, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I would say this, that Grady County is very fortunate to have two representatives that are totally committed to the people of Grady County in our districts. And uh, sometimes we don't get a lot of sleep. Sometimes we handle things at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. But uh, that's what legislatures that really care about the people do. And, you know, and it's just fun to work with Brad that both of us, it seems like I don't know how we he does have a full-time job so yeah. I don't know how he does it so uh but I do I do appreciate the the support of my family especially my wife but uh we made a commitment to the people and we want to stay true to our commitment all right so Brad so yeah full-time job on top of this so right so time well, management is one of your better skills I guess or challenges but, uh, there you go <laughs> but no I, I got a couple of businesses that I run mm-hmm. and uh but I have good people in those good leadership team and so they did a great job of uh, taking care of that while I'm at the Capitol or out in the district. But, you know, I, I think it, it's a good humbling thing, too, because, you know, Oklahoma is a citizen legislature. It's not a full-time legislature. It doesn't mean, you know, like in Congress, those congressmen are full-time. They have to only do that job. And so in Oklahoma, you have a lot of people from different perspectives. And, you know, in my business, my customers, they don't care that I'm a state representative. I mean, they'll fire me just as quick as – They'll fire anyone else. And so it keeps you really connected to everything in the world that's going on in, in your local communities. And, you know, it keeps you humble because if I don't do a good job in my business taking care of customers, then they're going to find someone else. And just like as a state representative, if we don't good, do a good job of taking care of citizens in our district, then they're going to fire me and do something else too. So it goes both ways. Okay. But I think it it would be tough to do this job if you had an 8-5 to five job that they depended on you to be there every day. And fortunately, I had the flexibility to – be able to run a business, but also leave and go to a district meeting or an event whenever I need to. And plus, uh, um, another issue for this year is going to be re-election campaigns because that's coming up this year. So that's a, another another thing on your plate. You guys have to. That's correct. Every to, every yeah. member of the House yeah. of 101 members were all up for election every two years, every even year. And uh, the Senate, they have a four-year term, so every two years, half of the Senate's up for election. And so that's definitely going on this year as well. And at the Capitol, we also have the uh, Speaker of the House, who's the longest-serving speaker in state history. This will be his eighth year as Speaker, which is quite significant when you only can serve for 12 years. And so he'll be terming out this year. And so he's going to want to go out with a bang as far as, like, getting things done. And then we're also having a a Speaker's race coming up at the Capitol. And so there's different leadership teams forming. And so that's interesting as well as far as what's going on. The governor's already called a special session before <laughs> before the you you get started on February fifth is the day with the state of the state address. So uh, he he wants those tax cuts bad. Doesn't yeah, he? well uh, we do too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've yes. we've passed them six times and sent them to the, uh, the Senate, Senate yeah. and they have not heard it first. And I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I mean that's that's something that's been important to us. I think because state representatives represent about forty thousand that we have a tendency to be closer with our people out here, and they know us probably better. And, you know, we we want to get all the breaks we can. You know, the governor called it a special session for January 29th, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, it doesn't appear at this point that the Senate has any appetite to jump into it. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. It's amazing. I have been through three 
regular sessions so far, getting ready to start my fourth, I have been through nine special sessions. I'm about sessioned out. I mean, it seems like a, we, uh, for a part-time job, we've been up there pretty well full-time in session. But, um, you know, I, I think the appetite, at least on the House side, is we're very, very strong and want to give much back we can and, and let people keep the money in their pocket and spend their money as they see fit. Uh, we, we do have a lot in savings. I'm glad we do. I think anybody that has a savings account themselves understand it's very important to have us. At times, we haven't had anything in that, so it's good. But we don't want to just keep growing it and growing and growing it. We want to be able to uh, be very responsible with the, the funds that are sent. And so here we go again. And uh, we're coming up at a time where um, uh, we know that gross production taxes have been down quite a bit, uh, oil and gas uh, industries. Uh, not as prosperous as it has been, say, over the previous five years or so. So that's a concern you guys have to, have right. to think about, too. So our, our our drilling production volume is down, and also the commodity prices are down, especially natural gas. Uh, oil is pretty level, but natural gas is really low. And so <clears throat> based on those numbers, we're about a half a billion dollars lower in revenue from GPT, gross production tax, than we were the previous 12 months. So we're definitely taking that into factor. But one thing I will say is our economy has done really well in Oklahoma. And even though we're down to half a billion dollars in oil and gas tax, we're actually up in income tax, sales tax, and some others because, you know, everything costs more, which is not good. But if it's an 8.7% sales tax on an item and it went up at 20% in cost, well, your tax is going to go higher. But that's one thing that I want to mention talking about income tax reform is – you know, our, our citizens in our districts have been hit with inflation the past few years where everything costs more money than it did two or three years ago. And so to me, and I think a lot of the people in the House, we want to do something to give back some money back to your pockets because, you know, everything costs you more money. So if we can help offset some of those expenses, then that's what we want to do. Um, let's talk about some uh, things uh, that maybe took place last fall. I know, uh, Brad, you had a Interim study. Let's talk about uh, what that's about. And uh, that's one thing you're to be working on maybe uh, this session. Sure. Yes. I had an interim study on nuclear energy. Um, that's a hot topic uh, all across the country and really the world for that matter. And the technology now for nuclear energy has really came a long ways since the 1970s nuclear energy that you think about. Uh, there's like, micro, you know, micropods is what they call it. So these small little modular plants and they don't take up as much space. They're very safe. And so we did a lot of studies on what are other states doing, what does the industry need to be for Oklahoma to be a player, and how does that, you know, what does that mean for our safety, our environmental safety, our public safety, what concerns are there there, what regulations will we need to put in place. So really it was just something to look at. One thing we found from the study is nuclear energy is probably the, the most reliable base load of power you can have. And in a lot of ways it's one of the most reliable and safe but on another note, it's very expensive. The capital to build a nuclear plant is ginormous. And so even though you'll get a lot of demand, the price to build it is still high enough up there without federal or state subsidies. It doesn't make economic sense yet. But it's coming along. And so we looked at that. And at the end of the day, Oklahoma is one of the lowest provider costs of utilities in the country. And we want to stay that way. And so what we notice is right now it doesn't make economic sense in Oklahoma to bring in nuclear energy today just because it could raise our total utility costs as a state, which we don't want to do. But three to five years down the road, I think 
the technology will be there to reduce cost or it may be economical to bring some of that in Oklahoma. And you've been uh, also, we've been talking about diversifying our energy use and that, that's nuclear is kind of, you know, haven't, I haven't heard much about that, but I know last year, last couple of years, been working with the, the hydrogen industry to maybe uh, get something going. And so what's the status on that? That's right. So hydrogen is a new industry as well across the world. And Oklahoma wants to be a player in all energy. You know, we talk about, we love fossil fuels, we love oil and gas, but we also want to be diversified and be all of the above approach. And so hydrogen fits into that category as well. And um, I was on the hydrogen task force for about a year as we looked at different policies and passed some policies to put in place in Oklahoma. But we actually have a, a company uh, that plans to locate in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and it would be the largest hydrogen plant in North America. And so we have a really good opportunity for Oklahoma to be at the front and center of that industry. And so pretty excited about that. It's going to take a few years to build a plant because it's a huge project. But um, And they haven't broke ground yet, but they do uh, have land, and they do have plans to build here in Oklahoma. I know there's a concern with the uh, Michelin plant closing there, so I don't know how many jobs we're talking about with this uh, with this new plant. Or So it'll be a lot so. of construction jobs mm-hmm. because the, the plant is amazing. It's huge. But as far as jobs, I mean, most of it's technology-related, so it may be 40 or 50 good jobs. And I think the average job is over $100,000 a year, so it's really good-paying jobs. But it'll be more uh, engineers, project managers, but in the first two or three years, it'll be construction jobs for people building the facility. But it it won't offset the 1,200 jobs that Michelin's taking, but it'll definitely help some people. Uh, Dick, you didn't have any interim studies, but you had a task force. What's the difference between a task force and an interim study? Well, a task force really is probably looking at uh, looking at a, one issue and how you're going to fa- have that. Actually, we passed the bill last year. I ran the bill to have this task force and put together. And uh, what this task force dealt with was the uh, commercial motor vehicles and uh, the enforcement aspect of it. We'd really been having a problem, and, and it, it's really odd because most people know I, I go back to ag and, and my background, and that's how this came to me. It didn't come through me, the trucking industry. The ag folks said, hey, we got this is an issue, and we started looking into it. And what we found that we have the Corporation Commission doing enforcement as well as Department of Public Safety. Uh, Corporation Commission is a um, really a regulatory agency, not an enforcement agency, yet they have been just growing and growing in the enforcement side. And so, you know, we'd have uh, truckers get, they may be at a scales, and they would get tickets from two or three different entities and they go they don't even know what the laws are because everybody has their own so uh, this task force met we met from uh, about the first of september all the way into uh, december when we had to be done and uh, the recommendation was is to make this move over to uh, the department of public safety so i actually have a bill that's going to do that it'll give a couple years to do that uh but we're excited about it uh, when we came down to it we had people from had the senator myself uh part of the energy uh, all the different agencies this would affect on this and the vote came down seven to one pretty much tells the department needs to be done and uh, so uh, we're running that we're excited about what they will do uh, i know we probably have several in in our area that do run trucking industry and that's great and uh, every one of them has told me says we're really excited about your bill actually the lieutenant governor caught me the other day he said have you heard about this bill but does this and this man this is a good bill and i said well yeah i know a little bit about it he goes well you know and i said well it's my bill <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know we're yeah. excited about what really comes down to its economic development 
we want people to do business in Oklahoma. We have trucking companies that do not want to do business in Oklahoma because they didn't know what the laws were going to be or what agency was going to be enforcing. So I know that's not exciting to everyone, but it's very exciting to those that are they're dealing in the commercial motor vehicle, which we have a lot of in Oklahoma. We have a lot of in, in District 56 also. Education always gets the lion's share of the state budget, and that's going to be no different, um, I guess, this this coming year. Yeah, I mean, education, especially in our districts, is the backbone of our communities. And we always want to do a good job of uh, supporting that financially, making sure our teachers have a competitive pay, and also making sure we have good outcomes for our students. And, um, you know, so I'm always a supporter of making sure we're adequately funded and whatever we can do to, you know, we've made a lot of strides forward over the past five years in education funding. We've increased the annual funding over $1 billion per year for public ed in Oklahoma over five years. And so... I see that if we can continue doing that, but um, Representative Lowe here, he's the education guy. He's actually the vice chairman of that committee that funds education, and so I'll let him talk about this. And I will say it's great to have, you know, in Grady County, you got the vice chair of education here, um, and you also have, and I'm the chair of energy, so between energy policy and education, that's a big part of our district, and it's always a pleasure working with Representative Lowe on that. Well, say the the budget, you know, we, we talked about we wanted to do a tax cut, and that's going to cut the income down. I will say all of our agencies didn't get the hint because I don't think I saw but one. We actually have 13 agencies that respond to our, our my committee, and I saw one that had a flat budget. <laughs> a lot of them had major budgets. Um, nothing, you know, uh, what we look at Common Ed, which is K-12, through their budget was a little bit higher but not near as much. I mean, actually, it looks like they – reduced their budget they didn't because we'd put a lot of the one-time money that spread over three years but there, theirs is up a little bit higher ed's quite a bit higher ed was extremely higher uh part of that was uh deferred maintenance on buildings that was a uh, i think 200 million just on that part and uh, career techs was up you know number one thing i think we've talked about probably in the last two years is workforce development that is a big, big deal in, in with us. We've got to develop our workforce. Uh, so, you know, career tech is, is a, an obvious talk about talking point. So I know that's that's the biggest part of it, that uh, the uh, director agency head, uh, Brent Hankins, that was one thing we talked about probably more than anything is how do we get this workforce developed. Uh, that was part of the higher is, but I think, you know, in my mind, at least we can probably do that faster in a career tech but not all jobs can go through a career tech or all the training. So uh, we've looked at that as quite a bit higher. Um, we, you know, I'm going to say I, I, the head of the budget for us is um, Representative Wallace, and typically we have an increase, ask, ask increase for about $750 million, maybe three-quarter billion dollars every year they're asked. This year is $1.6 billion. That just kind of gives you, everybody think we got a little money. Everybody's wanting to get a hold of it. Yeah. We don't want to spend all that savings down, and yet we want to do the best we can for our, for our constituents to get their tax rate as low as we can get it also. So it, it's a give and take. It really is. We don't have the numbers yet for what next year is going to be, what we have for this year to actually appropriate. We can only appropriate, uh, as, as Representative Bose always reminds but we can only appropriate 95%. <laughs> And, you know, you start looking at a number and you forget about that 5%. But uh, we won't know those numbers actually to the middle of February when the uh, Board of Equalization on the state level meets and we get those numbers. Then we'll really get after the budget at that point. And uh, so uh, that's kind of how all of that goes. We just got through with all the budget hearings finished up this 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 week. So we'll, uh, we'll see what everybody's asking for. 
Let's talk about the governor's uh, recent decision to uh, deny federal funds for a summer food program. Get a lot of uh, uh, discussion about that. And um, um, I just was reading something the other day about um, uh, there's a proposal for state lawmakers wanting to expand the the school meal programs. Do you have any feelings on that one way or the other? Or? So one thing I'll do, I'll just tell you what the governor told us. We met with him this week, and, and his, his thoughts on why he denied that federal funding is um, the Biden administration just released that program, but they don't have the rules, and they don't have all the, uh, the strings that are going to be attached to that money. And so you had to figure out, you had to decide if you wanted to accept the money or not before you know what strings are attached to that money. And so he felt like um, we have enough programs in place in Oklahoma between the current school systems that already have programs. The uh, DHS has uh, food stamps, and there's different programs in place for people that need help feeding their kids in the summer. And he didn't want to take the risk of accepting federal money with strings attached to it that we may not agree with down the road. And so that was his reason for denying the funding. You know, and, you know, there has been strings attached in the past. Like I know a year or two ago, we had a, we were in a battle with our AG's office and the federal government. They were threatening withholding federal money for food because of our bill policy we passed a couple years ago that said men can't go into women's restrooms in public schools. And it was like, well, if you guys are going to pass that law, then we're going to take away some of your money. So I can see why the governor has very much concerns about agreeing to a Biden administration policy without knowing the rules in place before doing so. Always remember that when you see something come out on the news like this, don't read the headlines or listen just the headline. Get down in the weeds on this because there was a lot of things about it. We have had some bills filed some last year. There's been some more filed this year to do deplete lunch in there. I absolutely don't think that's going to grab a lot of of attraction because of all the different programs that are available out there. Um, but I can't say until you till you see what goes through. But uh, you know, we we I get to help kind of decide what we'll hear, and that'd be a financial deal. And I don't know if we would we would take that up right now until we find out more about what we're really looking at down the road. All right. So, what do you do between now and February fifth to try to get ready for uh, going back to the state capitol? Not that you have been going up there at least probably a couple times a month. <laughs> I, I'm, right. I actually make it about, and I, and I see representing the bowls there too. So yeah. we actually try to go once or twice a week if we can. Really? It's that much. Yeah. I mean, people think it's part time. It's not. There's so many things that we've got to take care of, and 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 that's in between all the stuff we do in our communities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I ran my numbers the other day, and I averaged two and a half activities a day in communities during the interim. That's kind of busy and still making it up to the capital. Fortunately, I'm about 45, 50 minutes away. I could be up there and back and, and still make things. Uh, Representative Bo's got a little bit of longer drive, but uh, I'm blessed with that aspect in there. Between now and February 5th, Miss Judy says I'm lambing sheep. Yep. We've got to settle ewes due this, this week, and so I'm going to get to stay home a little bit more this week probably than usual. And uh, But we'll get we'll get started there, and, you know, it'll just be a – we again we basically have one week till we have to show back up for special session we will answer the call i don't know what we're going to do but we will answer the call and we will be there um anything else that you um have heard that might be discussed some major major issues or anything there's always a lot of issues going on but one thing i'll say i just want to mention to the listeners out there is 
if you have issues, if you have concerns about any bills that are coming up or just want to know where we stand, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and sometimes uh, you may be the expert matter on that that topic. And so you may have information that we don't have. So just want to urge you to to reach out to us. That's what we do. We want to listen to you, hear you, and uh, you may give us information we didn't have to make a better decision at the Capitol. So, you know, it's we serve the public. We serve you guys. So please uh, feel free to reach out to us. You know, so many people say, well, I don't know how to get a hold of you. Go to okhouse.gov. You can, it'll give you our phone, uh, give her emails and everything right there. We'll give you anything you need to get a hold of us. And I will say this, that again, Grady County is blessed. We will answer the phone. Mm-hmm. We will respond. And, uh, sometimes we don't give you all the answer we want, but we'll tell you what the law says and do what we can to help you. And I know you always like to give a shout out to your legislative assistants that do a, a, a lot of, a lot of your background work for you guys. They do. I mean, my, my assistant's Denise Armstrong. She does a great job. And uh, she's the front line. Like, when people come to my office, they see her first before me. And we couldn't do our jobs without having a good assistant. And also, an important part of our team, and I think Representative Lowe already mentioned his wife, but our family's back home. Uh, my wife, I got two kids that are in elementary and middle school. And, you know, while we're at the Capitol serving, she's back home trying to be the mom and sometimes the dad and take the kids to different events. And, and so we definitely couldn't do this job without the support back home. Yeah, I've been blessed this year. I've got a new assistant that's been with me just a little over a year now. And she's tied back to Chickasha. Her husband is an optometrist, Dr. Fulton here. And so Holly Fulton is my uh, uh, legislative assistant. We call them LAs in our, and over in the Senate, they call them EAs. But uh, she has done a fabulous job. It, it's quite a learning curve up there. People think you know a little bit. You found you don't know near as much as you do when you get up there because of the process. But uh, she has done a fabulous job of learning and just just going through it uh so i i, I sure certainly want to give a shout out and i guarantee you, if you call that's be the first one you talk to you won't talk to me first you'll talk to her and nine percent time she can help you the stuff I, that i could and and you know you're blessed to have those again our families my goodness i i, I couldn't think of not having your your family behind you on this because it it is spend a lot of time or away from your home away from your family but uh i i hope uh that our members or constituents out there understand it that we're not on an ego trip if we were we wouldn't be going back because it takes too much of us but we do enjoy and just absolutely love our constituents and serving them gentlemen thanks for coming in today and uh we look forward to visiting with you throughout the session uh we'll have you guys come back uh once or twice and uh, kind of give us an update on what's going on. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. State Representatives uh, Brad Bowles and Dick Lowe on our program today.